We are still in the Psalms of Asaph. We typically cover the whole chapter in a night. However, tonight we will not. As some of you may have observed, it's 72 verses in this, in this psalm. And so that's a little more than we're going to try to tackle tonight. So we will do the first eight verses. The first eight verses, I suppose, in some way you could, you could kind of label them as, as kind of an introduction for, for what is about to uh, be told to us. Psalm 78, let's pray and we'll get started. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would hide me behind the cross tonight, that you would help me to do a good job to preach and teach, that you'd take away any pride or any fear I have, dear Lord, but you'd help me to do a good job for you tonight. I pray that these words would reach us wherever we are. Let us hear what we need to hear from you tonight. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The superscription in this particular psalm is a mascal of Asaph. Now, again, as with many of the superscriptions, some of the, some of the words or phrases are difficult, and even today scholars still aren't sure exactly what some of these things mean. Uh, probably the, the best guess for when we see this mascal of Asaph, uh, which we see mascals on a few occasions in the superscription of the psalms, is it has something to do with wisdom. It's from uh, a root word which, which means wisdom. So perhaps this is a saying of the wise, for the wise, a wise saying something along those lines uh, may be what we can uh, kind of glean from that title, which makes sense as we begin to read through the passage. Uh, we will be able to see the wisdom that there is in the words that are being spoken here. Verse 1. My people hear my instruction. Listen to what I say. I will declare wise sayings. I will speak mysteries from the past, things we have heard and known, and that our fathers have passed down to us. And so the words that are about to be spoken as this psalm unfolds for us are words of instruction. That is, what is to be said is to instruct the hearer, the reader. There should be something good that we get from these words that's going to be applicable to us. Now, what is the source of this wisdom? What is the source of this instruction? The source is mysteries of the past, things that have happened long ago. Now, we have probably all heard the saying before, history repeats itself, and indeed, it does. Uh, the saying that we see in Ecclesiastes is essentially the same saying. There's nothing new under the sun. That is, whatever has been will be. That's what Ecclesiastes tells us. History repeats itself. And so there is something for each of us that as we read these words tonight, just generally speaking, not even a specific event or a thing, but gener generally speaking, we can say, Okay, whatever has already been is going to happen again. As long as this earth is here and people are on this earth, history will repeat itself. There will continue to be wars. There will, at some point in time in this country, it seems inevitable that there is going to be a civil war in this country. And you say, well, 
How could you say such a thing? Because there's always a civil war in every country. There has been a civil war in this country. And at some point in time, there will be another civil war. At some point in time, these United States of America will not be the superpower of our world. Now, some of you may say, well, how could you say that? Our military is strong. Our dollar is the, is the backbone of everything in the world. Well, it certainly is at this point. But so it was for all the other superpowers that came before us. They were strong and mighty in their military, and they had great wealth. And guess what happened to them? They fell. And so it is inevitable that history will once again repeat itself, and the things that we see as, as, as unstoppable, unshakable now will one day crumble and one day fall. Nations that at some point do good will eventually do bad. That's just one example. But that's the cycle of life. That's the cycle of this world. That's the cycle of, of humanity. And so we can look back at the past and the things of the past, both just worldly things, economic things, or things of God, things of God's Word, and we can say, okay, what can we learn about events of the past that can help us in the present, that can help us in the future? And so the instruction here is instruction to look at the past. And we're not going to break down what past things we're looking at here uh, in Psalm 78 tonight. We'll get there in the coming next week or two. But the point is the instruction is going to come from learning from the past. Things we have heard and known and that our fathers have passed down to us. Now, it's important as, as fathers, as mothers, really as anybody, to pass down to those who come after you the important things that you have learned, the good things that you have learned, the bad things that you have learned, both the things that you have learned to do and the things that you have learned not to do. It is important that we have a right understanding of our past, that we don't forget about the past, that we don't pretend like the past doesn't exist, but that we not only remember the things that are good in our past, but we also remember the things that are bad in our past in hopes that we will not repeat those same things. Now, we can pass things down that we know on a, on a big scale, great meaningful things, or, or it could be just some simple little piece of knowledge. It could be something just so minute, but, but the wisdom that we have obtained through our life and the knowledge that we have gained, that we need to impart onto a younger generation. And that's what Asaph says here. Hey, we're, we're remembering the past. Here's some instruction. It's, it's things from the past that were passed down to us. And that's a good thing for us to consider. Because any of us that are around any younger people, whether they're our kids, our grandkids, our nieces or nephews or whoever it may be, what are the things that we are passing down to them? Now, it's good for us to to tell those that we have influence on the right thing to do. It's good for us to tell them right from wrong. It's good for us to tell them, hey, do this, don't do that, pay attention to this, be careful in this way. It's good for us to tell those that we have influence on those things, but even better than telling them is showing them. Because they may remember what you tell them, but there is a much greater chance that they are going to remember what you show them. What they see you do is probably going to stick with them more than what they hear you say. And so what are the things that we are doing? 
When we see people do things, we have that image in our mind and we can recall something possibly that we saw our mother do or our father do. Even if, even if they are, have been gone for years, there are probably times in our lives, even if our parents are long gone, that we recall things that we saw them do. Things that, that may help us to say, you know what, I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. I remember Mama doing that. I remember Daddy doing that. And there is nothing better than to see someone doing what is right and to have that image in our mind. That's not to say that the words that people speak aren't remembered. Certainly we remember those things. But when we see someone doing something, when we see them living it out, that gets passed on to the next generation. And that's what we want to remember in our life, that we are passing down good things to those who come after us. We must not hide them from their children, but must tell a future generation the praises of the Lord, His might and the wonderful works He has performed. He established a testimony in Jacob and set up a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers to teach their children, so that a future generation, children yet to be born, might know they were to rise and tell their children so they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep His commands. Okay, so what is a key thing in this instruction that is to be passed down? Well, what is to be passed down from fathers to their children is God. It's the power of God. It's, the, it's, it's everything that God is, the goodness of God, His wonderful works, all that God has done. Remember the power of God. Pass that down to your children, to your grandchildren, to those that you have an influence on. This is what Asaph was saying to his listeners and to us too. This is what we need to pass down. This is what God intended for his people way back when in the Old Testament, is that God's people would know his goodness, and that when new people were born and they were fruitful and multiplied and filled the earth as God had commanded, that the new generation would know God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, is God. He is awesome. He is wonderful. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the God we should follow and be obedient to. That should have been imparted in every generation that came along for God's people. And so it should be today. For all of us who are God's people, that should be what we impart into those who come after us. The strength and the power of God's word. What it means to say, we have a God we can trust in, who can take care of us, who is with us. Do what God says. Be obedient to God's word. Do the right thing even when it's difficult. That's what we want our children to learn, hopefully. But is that what we are teaching our children? Perhaps at some point in time in our country as a whole, maybe that was the focus for many people to focus on the Lord, to focus on prayer, to focus on God's Word, to say we're going to take time out of our life to attend church, to do something in some way to serve God in the community. And for many years, I think you could argue that that was probably the case for a lot of families in this country. And then over time, God began to take a back seat. Of course, there's still plenty of good Christian men and women in our country today. But for many people, God became optional. The kids saw that their parents or grandparents may attend church occasionally, may read the Bible occasionally, but 
They would also see that their parents or grandparents may occasionally tell a lie or do something that was not right. And so there wasn't a good influence there. There wasn't an importance, a significance passed down. Hey, we are going to devote our life to God, and we are going to do what God's Word says. And over time, the importance of God and our society has almost become non-existent. There are many young people today that their parents or grandparents or anybody that loves them has ever told them anything about the Word of God, has given them much of a good example of all to live by, and never once taken them to church, and they don't know anything about the power of God. And it doesn't take many generations for that to occur. It doesn't take many generations from a people who are founded on God and stand strong in the Lord to get to a point to where there are generations of people that know nothing about the Lord. And it's because that Christian men and women didn't do the very thing that God wanted his people to do from the get-go. Christian men and women didn't impart the significance of God. They didn't live out the word of God. They didn't tell their children that God needs to be first in their lives. And when that occurs, then things begin to fall apart. And any time God is not involved in the life of people in the nation, young or old, then a nation will always fall, or any people group, whether it's a village or a nation. If there is a group of people who seek the Lord and seek to live for him and follow him, God blesses those people. God is with those people. Things will work out well when all are living according to the word of God. When people do not live according to the word of God, it turns into chaos. There is lying, there is cheating, there is stealing because nobody cares about the other person. People become selfish. People do not love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and love thy neighbor. They simply love thyself. And so when God is not passed down from generation to generation, God becomes non-existent in a society. And a society without God is not a good society. And so Asaph here says, hey, look, you need to pass down the importance of God, the significance of God, the power of God, that the next generation of children and the generation that comes after them will know that God is good. And so this is, this is a good way to start things off. Hey, here's some instruction for you, instruction that we're going to look at the past and we're going to remember the past so that we can pass that on from father to son, from generation to generation. And here is where we're going to start. With what we are passing on, we are going to start with the good, with the most important, and that is God. But of course, the past isn't all good now, is it? It'd be wonderful if the past was all good, but if you study history for 15 minutes, you will discover in any time period that the past has a dark side. And so it was for God's people as well. Verse 8. Then, if they, that is, if, if they hear that God is good, if they're exposed to God, if this wisdom is imparted to them and they grow up trusting in the Lord, then... They would not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not loyal and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Here is the purpose of this instruction. 
those who hear these words need to know that those of the past did not trust in the Lord as the Almighty, as the All-Powerful, as their God. Instead, they heard the Word of God, they knew the Word of God, and they rejected God. They rebelled against God. They were stubborn. Even though they knew what they should do, they didn't do it. And Israel's past is full of examples of what happens when people do not listen to what God calls them to. And time and time again, God's people find themselves in trouble. And perhaps it's not so different from you and I. Perhaps if we look through the past of our lives, we can find our own situations in which we knew right from wrong and we chose wrong. We knew good from bad and we chose bad. And perhaps we have found ourselves in some bad situations. So hopefully we learn from those situations. Hopefully we learn from the things of the past. Hopefully we learn from the things of Israel's past. Remember the things of the past. This is instruction. This is wisdom. Listen to this instruction. Listen to this wisdom. One, God is good. Two, when we turn from a good God, things are bad. And here's some examples. All the people of God's uh, of, of Israel's past. Well, not all, but, but, but many of the people of Israel's past chose that path of rejecting God. And as the psalm continues, he begins to give us examples, lots of examples of Israel's past, hitting on a few things. Hey, here's what's happened. Here's what the people were like, and here was the result. Here's how the people acted. Here is how God acted. So what about us tonight? Well, maybe there are some things in our life tonight that we think about the past and we think, you know what? I did this thing in the past that I should not have done. Perhaps tonight is the night that God wants us to learn from some of our sins of the past. Perhaps tonight God wants us to realize the importance of passing down his word to those that we have an impact on. It's important that we tell our kids, that we tell our grandkids that we show our kids and we show our grandkids the importance of God's word, the importance of putting God first in our life, the importance of doing the right thing even when we don't want to, even when we don't feel like it. We do it because it's right. We do it because we want to show our kids and grandkids what is right. We want to show them the example of how to, of how to do something even when you're not feeling it, even if you don't really want to but to say, look, God's word is good and it is right and we will do it. And so we must pass down the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there is grace, that there is love, that there is forgiveness in none other but Jesus. That is what is good. That is the most important instruction we can pass down. If we're looking for instruction and wisdom, we start there. We start with the good. And oh, by the way, there's some bad too. Let's see what we can learn from that. Here's the good in God, but let's make sure that we don't fall into these traps of bad. And even should we slip, let us go back to that goodness that everything is built on. If that's the firm foundation, if that's the block that everything is built on, the goodness of God, then you can always go back to that foundation. Even if you learn about the bad, even if you do the bad and learn from your mistakes, we must always return to the goodness of God. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word. And I pray, God, that those in this room and those listening online would be found faithful to impart your love and your grace and your mercy 
and the wisdom of your word to those that we encounter. God, maybe maybe those we encounter are, are those that are, that are our age or older than us. God, maybe they're a younger generation that we're simply imparting whatever little wisdom we may have gleaned from your word to those we may encounter. But God, let us share your goodness with those that we encounter in the world. God, let us not just speak of your goodness. Let us not just speak of your words, but let us live out your words, dear Lord, so that others can see through our actions what you call us to. And that, God, that they would be drawn to you, not, not by us, but through you working in us, dear Lord. So I pray that you would help us to impart good things to a younger generation, dear Lord. Because, God, you can destroy a nation in a generation, and you can restore a nation in a generation, dear Lord. But let us be firm to stand by your word to teach the next generation what is good in Jesus Christ. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.